Morning, church. The joy to gather together and to open God's word. Please turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. The title of my message this morning is Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. And we'll be looking at John and the first, John chapter 1 and the first 14 verses. John chapter 1, verse 1. So let's let's read our text. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glorious of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Amen. Uh, brothers and sisters, uh, as I mentioned uh, in the previous week, that the key event in the life of Jesus Christ that we celebrate as a church, in the birth of Jesus Christ, we celebrate that God is with us. In the cross, in the death and the burial of Jesus Christ, we commemorate that God takes the punishment of on behalf of sinners. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, We celebrate victory over death and sin. And in the ascension of Jesus Christ, we celebrate that God prepares a place for his own and he is coming back. Now, our focus at this time of the year is to to focus on the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is to pay attention on the advent of Jesus Christ. It is to understand the significance of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the coming of Jesus on earth. So the previous week we studied from Matthew chapter 1 and we saw that Jesus is the Messiah by looking at his genealogy. We saw the testimony of prophecy. We saw his name and titles. We saw his miraculous conception and we saw his mission and purpose for his incarnation. And what I want to do today is to press 
the message further and urge you to believe wholeheartedly in Jesus Christ. So, brethren, since Jesus is the Messiah, then believe in him. And that's my title this morning, Believe in Jesus Christ. I want you to see that this is the entire purpose of this book of John. In John chapter 20, he pens there the summary of this book. He says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. And John 20 verse 31, he says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So if you're a Christian here this morning, I want you to see that Jesus is not merely the entryway to the Christian life, but Jesus is the way of the Christian life. And I want you to believe and continue to believe in Jesus Christ. And if you are not a Christian this morning, I want you to believe in Jesus Christ because he is the life. Now, what exactly does it mean to believe in Jesus Christ? And it means two things, to embrace the truth about his identity and to respond by faith to his accomplishments. And so we're going to look at these two major headings this morning. What does it mean to believe in Jesus Christ? It means to embrace the truth about who he is. It, is, it means to have a biblical understanding of the identity of Jesus Christ. It also means to respond by faith to his accomplishments. Now let's consider our first thought. Embrace the truth about his identity. Jesus is the sustainer of all things. Look there in John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the way. Just underline the, the way. In the beginning was the way. You see, this points us to the name and the title that is used to identify Jesus Christ. It is, it is simply this, the word, the logos. The idea here is that Jesus is the principle upon which everything exists and everything makes sense. The logos, the logic. What John is saying here is that in Jesus, there's coherence. That in Jesus, there's explanation of everything. That in Jesus, there is harmony. What John is saying here is that there is nothing that makes sense outside of Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the sustainer of all things. Jesus is the foundation upon which everything can exist or anything can make sense. We need to begin here if we are to understand who Jesus is. is if we are to have a biblical understanding of Jesus Christ, we need to realize that apart from Jesus Christ, nothing makes sense. And this is how John presents Jesus Christ. He says he is the word. He's the logos, the logic, the foundation upon which everything else makes sense. Colossians 1 verse 17, it says, in him all things hold together. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, it says, Jesus Christ is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Jesus is the sustainer of all things. Jesus is the uncreated creator. Look at John 1. Look at verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and look at verse 3. All things were made 
through him. And then in case someone begs to give up, and nothing, because without him was not anything that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. See, the idea here is that Jesus Christ had no beginning. Jesus Christ is eternal. Jesus Christ predates creation. He's outside of time. He is the creator of time. Jesus Christ is the first mover. He is the immovable mover. He is the uncreated creator. See, this also implies that Jesus Christ needed no assistance. He created out of nothing. He is before all things. Colossians 1, verse 17. In John chapter 8, Jesus says this, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. From the mouth of Jesus Christ, he's declaring this truth that he is the uncreated creator, the eternal one, the one who predates time. The one who came before everything was made. The one who made everything is also the maker of time. He predates creation. He predates time. He's indeed the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He made all things. He made all things in heaven and on earth. He made all things visible and invisible. He made all governments, all kings, all leaders, everything that exists owes its existence to Jesus Christ. He made all planets, all stars, all galaxies. He made all things material and immaterial. He made all things seen and unseen. Jesus Christ is the creator of all things, the uncreated creator. Jesus Christ is God revealed to man. Look there in the passage. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is God revealed. John 1 verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we have seen his glory. The glorious of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In John 1 18, it says, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, and he has made him known. Jesus Christ is God made manifest. In other words, this eternal, uncreated creator is God, and he was with God. Early church theologians translate John chapter 1, verse 2, like this. They say, Jesus, say he, meaning Jesus, he himself was in the beginning, face to face with God. In the early church, theologians put together councils to summarize this teaching about Jesus being very God of very God, Jesus Christ being God made manifest. And there were two major councils, the Council of Nicaea, which met in 325, and the Council of Constantinople, which met in the year 381. And both these councils made this affirmation. It says, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, his God of God, his light of light, his very God of very God, his begotten, not made. 
being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. This same Lord Jesus Christ, for us men and our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. You see, Jesus is God made manifest. Jesus was never created. Jesus has existed, has existed for all eternity. And Jesus is God, the Son. He is God made manifest. One commentator puts it this way. Says, it wasn't as if for a time there was only the Father. And then he started to beget the Son. No. The Father has always been, and He has always been the Father. And the Son has always been, and He has always been the Son. The Holy Spirit has always been, and He has always been the Holy Spirit. Another council, the Council of Chalcedon, which met in the year 451, states the following. Jesus Christ is one person with two natures. He is one and the same Christ. Son, Lord, only begotten, recognized in two natures, without confusion, without change, without division, without separation. And you say, we are talking about God here, brothers and sisters. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says, He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God, and He is the exact imprint of his nature in colossians 1 19 it says for in him meaning in jesus all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell colossians 2 9 for in him meaning in jesus the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily jesus is god made manifest jesus is god revealed to man Jesus is the invisible God made manifest. Jesus Christ is the perfect representation and the exact likeness of God. Jesus Christ is God himself. Jesus Christ is God revealed. Jesus Christ is very God of very God. He is fully God in every way and he has been so from eternity. John 12, 35, Jesus says, whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. John 14, verse 5 to 6. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you for so long, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. And Jesus says, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves. Do you believe the truth about the identity of Jesus Christ? As we have come to this time of the year where we talk about the advent of Jesus Christ, we talk about the birth, of Jesus Christ. You talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you explain who Jesus is to others? Has, have you eclipsed Jesus out of the birth of Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus to you? Does your understanding of the identity of Jesus Christ line up with the Bible? 
Or have you relegated this to, to the pastors, the theologians, the leaders of the church? Have you pushed this to them and said, you know what, this is for the pastors to figure out, oh, this is too much for me. Brothers and sisters, my call to you is that every Christian must be well-versed in the identity of Jesus Christ. Every Christian must confidently know who Jesus Christ is. All deception begins with a distortion of Jesus Christ. All false teachings start here. All forms of false, false teaching describe and define a Jesus who is lesser than what the Bible says about him. And, and false teachers might even say good things about Jesus Christ. But if they don't say accurate things about Jesus Christ, they are distorting who Jesus Christ is. They might call him a prophet. They might call him a good man. They might call him a, a, a preacher. They might call him a revolutionary. They might even call him a savior. But if they don't call him God, very God of very God, then they've come less to what the Bible says about Jesus Christ. A Jesus is lesser than what the Bible says about him is not Jesus at all. He's no savior at all. Colossians 3 verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, I want you to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, the apex of wisdom and knowledge is knowing Jesus as he truly is. See, the zenith of true knowledge and wisdom is having an accurate understanding of the nature, of the character, and the works of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus says in John 14, 11, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves. To truly believe in Jesus Christ is to believe truth about his identity. It is also to respond by faith to his accomplishments. So let's look together at our second major heading. Respond by faith to the accomplishments of Jesus Christ. Remember John 20, 31, he tells us that these words are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so, brothers and sisters, if there is no response by faith to the, the identity of Jesus Christ and the accomplishments of Jesus Christ, there is no life. There's no life apart from responding by faith to Jesus Christ. So we need, we need to ask first, what are these accomplishments of Jesus Christ? What did he come? Why did he come on earth? What did he come to do? Jesus came to give life to the dead. If, if you have to only give one answer on why Jesus came on earth, this is the answer. Jesus came to give life to the dead. This is the summary of the matter, brothers and sisters. You want to summarize the Christian, the, the accomplishments of Jesus? If you want to summarize the Christian message, it is in this one sentence. Jesus came to give life to the dead. John 1 verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the life of man. John 3, 15, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him 
may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, you see. John 10, 10, Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus came to give life to dead people. And, and this point comes again and again in this chapter 1 of John. It's stated in different ways, and I want to exhaust it together with you this morning. And here's the key idea here, is that Jesus has come to give life to the dead. In other words, Jesus came to reconcile us with God. Look at John 1 verse 12. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, apart from Jesus, we are estranged from God. We are enemies. We are in need of a reconciler. We are in need of a mediator. We need one who is fully man and fully God. We need a mediator who can fully absorb the wrath of God and yet fully represent the sinner. We need one who can give life to dead people. And John says, Jesus has come to give dead people life. In other words, Jesus has come to reconcile us with God. He has come to give us the right to become children of God. Galatians 4.14 But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Our Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Believe in him. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John, in another way, says, Jesus has come to give life to the dead. In other words, Jesus came to dispense grace. Look there, John 1, verse 16. For from his fullness we have received Grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see, his accomplishments and gifts are not for the hard working. His accomplishments and gifts, his salvation is not for the righteous. It's not for the deserving. Just for the undeserving. See, the only criteria, the only requirement, the only qualification that you need in order to receive the grace of Jesus Christ, is to realize that you are undeserving. The rewards of Christ can only be attained by those who acknowledge their utter sinfulness. This is grace. And Jesus calls you to come to him with your sin. He dispenses grace to the undeserving. Jesus has come to give life to the dead. In other words, Jesus came to take away your sin. Look at the John 1, verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, the idea here is that Jesus came to die. Romans 3, 25, it says, God put Christ forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. 
those was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he has passed over former sins. The propitiation means to absorb wrath and the idea here is that Jesus came to stand in our place to take the punishment we deserved and to grant us the joys we did not deserve. And so Jesus came to give life to the dead by dying and rising from the dead, resurrecting the dead with himself. Jesus has come to fulfill God's promise to save sinners. Look there, John 1, verse 40. Listen to Peter's brother, Andrew. John 1, verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. The Messiah is that promised son who would redeem people from their sins. Listen to what Philip says about him in John 1, 45. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Jesus came to show that the promises of God are true. He came to show that God initiates salvation. Jesus came to show that God pursues sinners. Jesus came to show the wealth of God's love. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Brothers and sisters, to believe in Jesus is to have a biblical understanding of who Jesus is and to respond by faith to what Jesus has come to accomplish. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Are you depending upon the works of Jesus Christ every day? Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus because he is the savior of the world. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the promised Messiah. He is very God of a very God. And he is the one who came to give life to the day. Amen.